Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious, the show where we answer listener questions about the Bay Area. And today I'm walking along the old rail trail in Tiburon with Polly Chandler. This trail used to be the railroad that went into Tiburon, um, bringing cheese and wood and into the city. And how often do you walk out here on this trail? Oh, probably two or three times a week. Yeah, it's beautiful. Any time of day. About a mile into our walk, we stop and look across the bay at hundreds of boats. This is what we've come here to see. So a lot of that is marina in Sausalito. We see some houseboats spread across a few different marinas, all of them tied up to docks. And then as you start going out, you see all these boats that are kind of anchored out in the water. Those are the anchor outs. Now these anchor outs, which aren't connected to land, dot the horizon, each anchored a few hundred yards from shore. They've been a hot topic of debate in marine towns around Richardson Bay. People live on many of these boats anchored out in the water, and some are used as floating storage units. So there's, I guess I've heard anywhere from numbers of 75 to 150 of them. And what specifically about them are you, are you looking to know more about? How did that get started? How did we end up with so many boats getting anchored out there? Today on Bay Curious, we explore how the 1906 earthquake, World War II, the Beats, the Hippies, and the housing crisis all gave rise to people living as anchor outs. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Stay with us. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. We sent reporter Ryan Levy to learn more about the history and future of Marin County's anchor outs. Larry Clinton has one hell of a view. My wife says it's like having the uh, Nature Channel on 24-7. Outside his dining room window, you can see the blue waters of Richardson Bay, some gorgeous homes on the Strawberry Peninsula, and rising above it all, Mount Tamalpais. It's a view that changes with every season and with every stage of the tide. 
Larry used to be the president of the Sausalito Historical Society, and he and his wife live on a houseboat here in Sausalito. It's tied up at a dock along with several other dozen floating homes. You can think of it like a mobile home park for boats. Larry says waterfront living goes back to the state's early days. People have been living on San Francisco Bay, really, since the gold rush. Folks who had struck it big in San Francisco built what they called arcs in Belvedere Lagoon and used them as summer homes or weekend retreats. Boardwalks were built to connect the boats to land. The arcs shared a thriving social scene, swimming and boating, 4th of July parties, company retreats. And then after the earthquake and fire of 1906, some of those folks lost their homes, so they moved onto their arcs full time. Over the next 30 years, most of the arcs moved in from the open waters. They were either moored to shore or transported onto land to become traditional homes. But just as one era of waterfront living was ending, another was about to begin. What really gave us our jump start was the aftermath of World War II. During the war, the Sausalito waterfront was transformed into a shipyard that at its peak employed 20,000 workers pumping out vessels for the war effort. And when the war was over, the Bechtel Corporation, which had been running the shipyard, just abandoned it. At this point, a former shipyard worker acquired a bunch of the land and excess materials and began offering them up to returning soldiers and free spirit artists who were looking for cheap housing. So they allowed them to just grab a, a lifeboat, let's say, build a little superstructure on it, pull it on shore, and live aboard it for free. For the next several decades, this anarchistic waterfront community helped shape Sausalito's image as an artist's paradise. Beatniks and bohemians like Allen Ginsberg and Shel Silverstein found refuge on the water, which was filled with eclectic vessels ranging from the barely buoyant to floating works of art. There was even a Donald Duck boat, says Jeff Costello, who I called up at his home in Denver. 22-foot metal lifeboat with a cabin on it and two front windows and made to look like Donald Duck. Costello moved to the Sausalito waterfront as a musician in the 1970s. Back then, he says most people lived near shore, but there were a few early anchor outs who had their boats in the open waters. It was just like the Wild West. It was, uh, you know, it was a total freedom. Total freedom. People compared the scenes with the anchor outs and the boats closer to shore to the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that had taken over the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood in San Francisco. And like the Haight, the party wasn't allowed to go on uninterrupted. Local authorities tried many, many things to get rid of us. As early as the 1950s, officials tried to curtail and clean up the water dwellers. In the 1960s, a new state agency defined anchor outs and most houseboats as unauthorized fill in the bay. But enforcement has always been spotty, with a patchwork of rules and jurisdictions trying to deal with them. Things got really serious on June 7, 1971, when Marin Sheriff's deputies pulled their guns on a resident who refused to give up his boat that deputies had been ordered to remove. The boat stayed, and for the next decade, officials and boat owners sparred in what has come to be known as the Houseboat Wars. Today's skirmishes on the Sausalito waterfront started before 9 this morning. Workers for the there were legal battles, heated committee hearings, and literal physical confrontations on the waterfront. 
After the first houseboat was emptied of protesters, the other houseboaters tied lines to it, trying to prevent its removal. That led to occasional battles between houseboaters and deputies. In the late 70s, a detente of sorts was reached with the building of five permanent marinas, where houseboats, like Larry Clinton's, the one with the view, could permanently dock and get tied up to utilities and sewage. But some saw this as gentrification of the waterfront, and more boats made the move to open water to become anchor outs. Okay, here's one of the boats I was talking about that maybe is not in good a shape as it could be. Greg Baker gives me a tugboat tour of the current anchor out community on Richardson Bay. Out of the hundred and some odd boat, 150 boats out here, probably 20 are operational. A lot of them are not in great shape. Their hulls are rusted and their decks are stacked with debris and supplies. We step onto Greg's 40-foot sailboat, one of the many he's had in nearly 60 years anchored out. It's nice and warm below deck because I had the heater on. <laughs> His living quarters kind of remind me of my grandparents' house. It's cluttered with tchotchkes, wood paneling, a big container of Tootsie Rolls. He's even got a grandfather clock. Okay, now it's going to strike. Greg says even after the marinas were built and some new people moved away from shore, there weren't that many anchor outs, fewer than 100. But about a decade ago, the numbers started to spike. One reason? Other anchorages in the area cracked down or closed down, leaving Richardson Bay as one of the last places folks could live freely on the water. Alameda, South Bay, all the places, Treasure Island, all these places that had people living in their boats chased them out. It was also at the height of the Great Recession. Being able to afford a place to live in the Bay Area became even harder, making a rent-free life on the water an attractive option. There's no place for the people to go. Uh, you know, there's no housing, not in Marin County anyway. By 2016, there were nearly 250 boats anchored out in Richardson Bay. And they brought with them some new problems and attention. Most of the people uh, weren't marine knowledgeable and therefore uh, causing more calls from the police and the fire. Police received calls about drug use, domestic violence, and drownings. There were also environmental concerns. Local governments and the land-based community started calling for something to be done about the anchor outs. One North Bay city is once again making waves for those who live life on the water. There's a push to get them out of their boats and back on dry land. But they In 2017, Sausalito passed a law saying the city could impound any vessel left in its waters for more than 72 hours. But City Council Member Joan Cox says the top priority of the new law is getting rid of the many boats anchored without anyone living on them that are either abandoned or being used as storage. It's not our intention to ever force folks who are living on their boats to leave our waters. But that doesn't mean she's looking for the anchor outs to be a permanent feature of the bay. As people do leave, uh, we intend not to have them replaced by other people. Cox says the city's plan is working. It's reduced the number of boats in Sausalito waters for more than 70 a few years ago to just 27 at last count. And she says the city wants to work with those still living on the water to find them someplace else to live. But don't expect Greg Baker to take her up on the offer. They'll have to take me away in handcuffs. There has always been and will always be people anchored out here. That story was by reporter Ryan Levy. Earlier this week, the Sausalito City Council agreed to move forward with a pilot program where the city would pay for eight anchor outs to be legally moored at one of the marinas in the city. 
The program would also connect people living on the boats with a social worker. Joan Cox says the city hopes to move people in by the end of June. The Bay Curious team is still looking for your questions about Lake Tahoe. We're partnering with Capital Public Radio to answer your questions about everything from the effects of climate change to the cost of living. Submit your questions about Lake Tahoe at baycurious.org Tahoe. Thank you for listening. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Lovely. You're a natural. <laughs> do you want to keep walking or turn? What, what are you in the mood for? I can walk or we can... Let's keep walking. Yeah. I, I'm not going to get a workout in today, so this uh, is it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs>